So hi, we want to welcome you to the first ever episode of our new podcast. My name is Jordan Rice. And I'm Amber Robinson. And we're just two Black girls who live in the white suburbs. So we wanted to talk about it. Um, in our friendship, we have dealt with a lot of, talked about a lot of the trauma that we've dealt with being out here as the few Black people for the entirety of our lives. Um, I think that it was very rare that we found each other in the space that we did find each other and being able to bond on that really led us to having these deeper conversations and we wanted to share them with you so you can hopefully find some sort of relatability or some type of uh, connection with us if you're in our situation as well. For sure. Um, so today we are talking about finding your identity as a Black person in the white suburbia. <sighs> this one's a struggle. <laughs> This this one right here, this one's a struggle. Um, for me personally, I dealt with kind of um, the otherness of being Black in a place where Black people aren't um, that common, I guess. Um, so thoughts on that, Miss Jordan? Yeah, um, I remember, I didn't, okay, Ambry and I didn't meet until your junior year and my, my sophomore year, year mm-hmm. of high school. So like, like two years ago. Um, so before that, I went to a predominantly white elementary school. All the schools I've been to have been predominantly white. And I think the most, I've only had two Black people in my class. That's the, like the height of the number of Black people I've had in the class besides myself. And when you're younger, you don't really view it as like oh different like they're different from me and da 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 and then until you're shown that you are different by the atmosphere by the teachers that you have by your classmates by everything like that and so I think a lot of me understanding that I'm technically the other in the space that I was in came from maybe like gosh like kindergarten or first grade and I remember (laughs) my mom yeah like dude I know that's like really young Um, that's crazy my mom uh, told me, I have no recollection of this, but my mom told me that I came home one day from school and I was like wanting to change my name to Katie because all the other white girls in the class, I know, I understand, I don't remember this, but I wanted to change my name and stuff. And I do, the thing I do remember is wanting to straighten my hair all the time and actually straighten my hair all the time because everyone else's hair was straight and everyone else's hair was blonde and long and that's all that was around me and because of that it made me other myself like Mm. I I didn't feel like I had a space to be unique and different so I wanted to conform to what was around me which happened to be a bunch of white people yeah (laughs) it's like it's it's an age-old age-old thing this problem um it's just it's once you become aware it you really can't you can't shut it off me personally it did not happen for kin- in kindergarten because oh I, god bless you no again <laughs> again like for me that trauma didn't come till middle school because that's when my my and even then like I have a spotty memory of middle school years and even high school years like I'm just 18 now but like I still can't you remember certain things I just left but I still can't 
<laughs> I'm fresh out. Um, but I still can't remember certain things um, about like about my school life and like actually like realizing that I'm the other in this situation. I have like stories. Like um, I remember one time, uh, it was in middle school, and I was. I can't even remember which grade. That's how splotchy my memory is. You just blocked it out. It's crazy. Uh, So I was in middle school. I was in class. It was a social studies class. And I, you know, particularly was good at social studies. And, you know, they used to have those little leadership boards, at least in my class. And, you know, I was was in the top. Um, So I I really liked that class. I really enjoyed that class. Um, But I guess it was like it was a random discussion in class that day. And he asked a question, you know, me being confident that one time, um, hand. and then another girl who I happen to be friends with, but she's another black girl, we were the only black kids in that class. Um, she also Love raised that. her hand. We, it was just happenstance. Like she raised her hand at the same time I raised my hand. So my white teacher, he, um, he looked out and he was like, wow, the black girls are raising their hand. And Wait, I, he said it like that? He said it like that. <laughs> isn't that correct that's crackhead crazy he literally looked at us same middle school you guys so like yeah i don't Uh want to say any names but like yeah it was crazy it was crazy i don't even remember his name because you know blocking memory um but he he looked dead at us and was like wow the black girls are raising your head and it was in a way like it was supposed to like like the whole the whole class is supposed to be like amazed by it. you know he was saying it like he was demonstrating something or like I can't even um, explain it it was insane and I promise you, I've never felt a silence so heavy in my life I was hyper aware of myself like and we, we again we like we happened to be friends but it was it was like we were talking we were on opposite sides of the room mind you and it, it was we had nothing to do with each other at that time so did y'all give to... the black person look like the eyes that you make to other person be well, like I, no seriously because what else could we do because if I looked out if I actually ventured my <laughs> ventured <laughs> my look out I would have combusted um I'm probably I probably combusted there were some people even the white kids were like because that was really audacious like that was really bold it's a random thing to point out and it was terrible and I hated it and like I the the weird part is I mentioned that I was on the top of the leadership board because not not the not the voice but um to draw a horn not to do all that it was it's because like it it wasn't shocking that I was raising my hand like I knew the material right it wasn't I'm pretty sure it was on the board too but like I just specifically remember like I had a fairly good uh, relationship with that teacher, so it wasn't odd that I was raising my hand, or the other girls raising their hand, like, we were both smart, it was just an ugly thing to point out, and I don't know what his purpose was, but mind you, I told my parents when I got home, and they were like, we calling the school right now, so it was, was, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely one of the, I don't want to say the first, but one of the most impactful Mm. moments of otherness in my entire like childhood and I think that's like the interesting thing about um growing up where we are a lot of (laughs) a lot of our race like racist encounters have come from teachers have come from administration have come from 
the students around us. And I would tell my parents, if that happened to me, I would have just told them because that's like really like in your face, like that was mad and appropriate. But like a lot of the things, like little slick things, what we would now call, what I can now recognize as a microaggression. Oh, love it. But um, I, I think I just went through those on my own. You know, like I never shared, maybe because I didn't understand what was happening at the time. I just knew I felt a type of way about it. And maybe I just felt like, oh, you're just being soft. Like, that's just a thing that you're, but like, I never really shared those encounters with anybody else until you and like years later, like years, years later. And you just sit down and you're like, that was incredibly racist and inappropriate of you to do at the time and like I don't understand like I just didn't get it um yeah going to a white school who prides themselves on diversity for having like three black kids and two Asian uh-huh. kids and one uh-huh. Hispanic talk about it mm-hmm. for that part but like it's a completely different experience than what our white counterparts get because they're over here like I'm getting this culturally rich experience and I'm like really 95% of your class is the same as you but for people like us it's like you you lose something or you're deprived of like the feeling that everyone else has like that innocence that you can have just going to school and learning because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with the ignorance from like your teacher the ignorance from your ignorance from grown adults from grown adults (laughs) and you're like I'm just eight right like what are you doing that's bold I wasn't ready for that boldness (laughs) (laughs) but and this is how this is how easy trauma would be knocking down in my memory um I don't it's really spot after that moment I can't remember how I felt after like after that because my parents they did with we went to the principal (laughs) and the principal yeah the principal (laughs) made the teacher apologize but you know and he apologized but I was like Already. the relationship is like yeah I was like, already scarred so it, was, it, it didn't really matter but I don't remember anything like going to class after that I don't remember how I felt I don't remember how the other kids treated me after that because you know I did like something you know I did something but I can't I can't yeah. remember and that's sad but I'm kind of grateful that you can't remember it was bad because <laughs> it was bad trauma be rocking my stuff <laughs> you rocking Dude. it but it's okay it's okay and then oh, I that kind of just like the singling out like yeah, the way he singled you out being like the black girl or the two black girls in the class it's also kind of like going on that thing the the diversity thing right so like the being the exception the exceptional black person um mm, this happened when I was in high school um with you know the teacher Oof. um the source of my trauma um, <laughs> lightning rod if you will Right. So those um, mm-hmm. Just being like, if you don't know, I act, um, I perform, I sing, I dance, that's what I do. And I forgot if it was, in a, I think it was an audition for like some school type thing. I'm about to, so theater, we're just going to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, my theater teacher, I think it was like a, a thespian thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was going to audition for it. And so, you know, we had to like prepare it for 
like show the teachers before they would send you off to the audition, make sure it's good and all that stuff. Like, that's fine. It's cool. And she literally looked at me like it was just me and her in the room and goes, okay, so that was good. That was great. Um, But, you know, the thing that we have going for uh, us is that we're black. This is a white woman, a Caucasian woman. (laughs) Like, I was like, we, but she was like, the thing you have going for you in the audition room is that you're black. And, you know, they're going to try to like, she said, and she's like, you know, they don't have any black people um auditioning so they're just gonna love you because you're black and then you're talented and I hate that it's like I I can't just be talented I have to be black and talented I can't just be smart I have to be black and smart yeah it's almost like an oxymoron in their mouth it's like it's like (laughs) you know like jumbo shrimp you you know like wow you're black and you're articulate you're black and you can you know do these things or whatever it's really not that shocking you know I just I can't I, I will never understand that as a shocking revelation is when you say like a black smart girl you know it's not really or a black talented girl it really doesn't do it's just is I'm a talented it is what it is, person. It is, what it is. And, and to say that it's not to discredit my blackness or that like it's or that it's not a part of my life but it's when you single out like um the blackness as like uh, uh almost like a a weight on yeah. me if that makes sense like mm-hmm. you you you're saying that because you know I'm going to like I don't know I don't know how to explain it like it just they say it like blackness is like something that's made to weigh you down in a so sense like invalidate what you have mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that and it doesn't mm-hmm. just happen with um teachers like even like okay the people my same age like my friends and stuff like that and I'm just thinking we're becoming friends and we're just like, you know, vibing. It's an energy exchange or whatever. And to them, you're just like the black friend. And that lends itself to tokenism. Oh, we love tokenism. We, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> just to be clear, like our, our, our humor as a collective. Oh, yes, we have to, yeah, <laughs> we have to laugh. We have to laugh because if we don't laugh, we cry. So, <laughs> so what we're saying is like, it's, oh, that's so fun. Yeah, we're, yeah, it's emotionally scarred, but it's okay. So it's the coping mechanism. It's the coping mechanism. There she go. Coping mechanism. Now with tokenism, I'm unsure if everybody who's listening knows what tokenism is. So I found the definition. Basically, it's the practice of making only symbolic efforts to do a particular thing, especially by recruiting a small number of people from underrepresented groups in order to give the appearance of racial equality. In the definition, it's it's pretty it's hard to put into like real world situations until mm-hmm. it happens to you. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. symbolic efforts. What does symbolic efforts mean, really? You know, but then you see it or it happens to you and you're like, wow, you know? Um, <laughs> yep. And you're like, oh, dang, I'm the black, I'm that black friend. I'm, or I'm, I'm that I'm a, one today. For sure. I'm a Chuck E. Cheese token. I, I got it. I, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm her. We are one. <laughs> um, it really, uh, it's, and sometimes it's like, it, it can manifest, manifests itself in subtle ways being like having white friends and them being like because your presence is there or because you're there they feel like they have the right to do and say Mm. I'm very bold 
and out-of-pocket things and I'm like listen we're cool we're homies and stuff but that don't give you the right to be disrespectful like or to just like uh, do you I don't how do you know I'm trying to say like for sure um I have a cute little story never cute but you know (laughs) we love the cute little story it's a cute little story um again I think I was in middle school we were I want to say like eighth grade so we're old enough to know better mind you they are old enough excuse me let me not put myself in this situation they were old enough to know better Um, (laughs) let me separate myself let me let me separate myself in the equation um so I was invited to a sleepover by Mm -hmm. a white girl and I I had never slept over um a white person's house before I was I was already like apprehensive no it wasn't like I didn't there's nothing wrong with the girl but I there were some things that I know that I do when I sleep just as a bonnet um that they could you know cause yeah because I there's only yeah. one white person that has seen me in a bonnet. One. One. <laughs> I know. I got, and every time I do, I'm like, it's a rare sight. Don't get used to seeing this because it's just like a personal, like a yeah. vulnerability thing. It is a vulnerability. It's weird. Like, anyway. It, yeah. Um, but I was, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was super apprehensive about it. And I um, went to her house. And she invited other people, so it was her, a uh, white girl, and a mixed girl. And they were just, you know, we were, we were, you know, enjoying our time. And then they wanted to do a little karaoke moment. And I was like, okay, we do a little karaoke moment. Um, the problem, the problem came when the genre switched to rap. <laughs> that's that's really where the problem uh, came and bubbled up. Um. See what had happened was they, the, the two white girls, they wanted to sing their little song, and I was just you know watching. And the mixed girl also wanted to do it, so they were they were singing together. And the N word came up, and of course, of course, they said it with their chest. And here I That's am. Only way to say it with your chest. I, only way to say it with the chest. And here I am just watching them do it, and I'm like, just stunned because I. We were again with that big age of understanding what the N word was, so I was just stunned. Right, I this was like a like, couple years ago. Do yeah, better. like I, I was emotionally <laughs> like, and I froze. Like I, I'm still kind of mad at myself, mad at myself about that because I froze. And they were like, "Oh no, 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 it's fine, it's fine." And then the white one of the white girls pointed to the mixed girl was like, "Yeah, she told me, she told me I can say it. Like it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like we're just having fun or whatever." And it, it <laughs> and there was nothing I could do like at that point even if I came out of my shock and like would wanted to tell them off there's nothing I could do because there's another black girl who said right. that it was okay hmm. and that's the thing I think the interesting thing about when you realize that you're, that you're a token um is that somehow you feel uncomfortable to speak up from your uncomfortability from your discomfort of the situation Mm -hmm. like when you realize it have the like the realization like hey I'm just a face on like a picture for you so that you can get more funding or I'm just you know that friend in the the group so that you can say that you're not racist I'm just the person that you're dating so you can say that you're not racist I'm the kid in your class that gives you that little diversity edge for the awards or whatever 
And when you realize that when it's like throwing it to your face, sometimes they know they're doing it and sometimes they don't. Um, it's like you feel like you're you're doing something wrong for wanting to address it. Yeah. And like, at least that's how it's been for me. Like, I know I've been like apprehensive to like say how I'm feeling about it or like correct them. Now I'm not. Now I'll tell you off. But like back okay. then I was like, okay. I didn't know what to do. Because no one teaches you how to handle racism, although people teach their kids how to be racist. That part. Oof. That, that part. one. Got to stomp on that one. Put that in the mud. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that the one. Mud. But, no. And so when you're shot with it, whether it comes in the form of like overt or covert racism, it's just like you get, you freeze up a bit. Yeah. And you and don't know what to do. That's exactly what happened. And I, and I was, I wasn't, I wasn't too young to not understand the situation. I was just too young to know how to defend myself and defend mm -hmm. blackness in a way. Cause it made it worse. It made it worse that she, the other girl who was there, who was black, she, um, she. Oh, yeah. Stop doing that. It. You guys stop giving out the she passes. Her Please. Pass. It makes me uncomfortable, bro. She Please stop. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. At the time, yeah I, at the time. Not to come for her. <laughs> at, the, at the time, she didn't identify with her blackness only until, like, the N-word came into play. So I, like, it, it was difficult because I, I felt like I couldn't talk to her. Um, from a place where she could understand. From a place where she could understand because when I would have, like, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her because I happened to know her outside of this type of scenario, um, she was struggling again with identifying and figuring out her blackness because we were both in white suburbia. So I understood where she was coming from, but it right. still was hard because we weren't at the same, at the mental same spot. I don't know if that makes sense. Like we weren't, yeah. we weren't as close as, you know, coming with, in terms, coming to terms with our identity, excuse me, um, as we thought we were, if that makes sense. We were in different areas. Of and I feel like that comes in the territory of like not being able to find community and trying to mm. figure out spaces where you can relate to other black people because like we'd be lying if we said we didn't have white friends i like some of the white people that <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that you said some is the fact that you said some i don't like i don't like all the people anyways i don't like color don't matter in that sense but um you know, it's that sort of thing, but, like, I feel like there's an importance, especially when you live in a place where your group is not, there's not a lot of you there to try mm -hmm. to find community, and for me, I didn't get that until high school, like, really get mm. that, like, so formative years are past me now, and I'm, you're kind of, like, who you are, relatively speaking yeah um, base. and for the first time this kind of sounds so stupid I had like my first black friends like black American friends not um truly African-American friends like people from other um places immigrating here but like black American friends in high school mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like take with that what you will take with that what yeah. you will but like it was very hard to find people who I could like you said have these conversations with and where they can understand it because like I've had a diverse group of friends but yeah. like I truly never understand the full extent of what they're going through and they don't truly understand the full extent of what I'm going through and our differentness even mm. though we're both minorities in the space you know what I mean yeah so I think how did you find community did you find community are you finding community <laughs> you know what in the in the yes in the formative years I I had a few again this it I was lucky and I found like a group of black women that I was you know here for and we you know and I and I kind of you know stuck with them and we were okay but again we were on different different um I don't know different areas of identifying with ourselves that makes sense we weren't on the same plane when it came to understanding our blackness I don't know if that sounds kind of harsh but we were at different spots in our lives Yeah, yeah we we didn't some of us identified more with our blackness, even though, you know, we were like fully black, but it, you, it's hard getting out of that mentality when you're used yeah. to being surrounded by white people. It's easier to kind of like reject it. So when we were together, we still had to deal with some people saying things that were like off, like something you shouldn't say about your own race or certain things you shouldn't say about black people, period. Like it, it was, yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard to navigate. And then when I got to high school, like we, I won't say we're completely past it because you know some scars take longer to heal. But we were, we were overall better, you know. And then just to find some some other place, some other community, I went to the virtual space, um, and that's really where like YouTube was booming, like with um, the blacks, yeah, with the with the blacks. Oh, and we it was calling the blacks. It's okay. We call the blacks. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't, but you know, it's okay. Um, <laughs> we. Yeah, like there was just an it seems like like a wave of influencers, you know, coming into uh, YouTube that I didn't didn't really notice in middle school, honestly, or at least mm-hmm. early middle school. And you know, I would like watch Jackie Ina, I would watch like Ricky Thompson, I would watch like Ricky Kingsley, T. Ricky T. Yeah, I watched like Kingsley and other people like that, and, and they would talk about their blackness in a way that was, you know, it was a part of their life, but they had passions. You know, they were black and passionate. They were black and becoming successful they were black and sharing their experiences and it was really nice to see you know so people from from different walks of life just talking about you know being them and and the complete them not just them being black but them as a whole and that just that was just really nice and really really necessary um for me at least yeah I think you said something like uh, was interesting to me when you're talking about finding your identity and being in different um, spaces, different areas of you, like identifying with your blackness and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the recognizing that you are black, despite what the world has to say about it. Mm-hmm. My skin makes me black, and really coming yeah. to terms with that. Um, and I know we talk about it a lot of times. We're probably going to talk about it in another episode about the police policing blackness and everything like that. But Ooh, just being able yeah. to, I found myself policing myself a lot about my blackness sure. because of where I was and when I'm trying to find myself. I'm still trying to find myself, but 
we aren't where we were. <laughs> we are not where we were. Yes. Um, and having the my white counterparts being like, you're not black. You know, you you just you just act white. You're so white and da 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 da. And then going to people who looked like me but were different upbringings, different backgrounds, and they're like, "Well, you just so white. Like, what's going on with you?" And I and it's just like, it comes from all angles. That's really it comes, comes from all, from all angles. angles. All angles. You know, it's it's that's what made it even hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what made it difficult that's what made it even harder being black in suburbia because even if you did find a black person to converse with you don't know where they are mentally you don't know where they are it's, and it's, trauma. That, it's, it's trauma. it really is trauma and you can't get mad at them to an extent you can't get mad at them to an extent <laughs> right because if you're talking if you're talking a fool so we, if we're talking like kanye <laughs> but if <laughs> excuse me but if we're talking about like people that are having trouble coping with their blackness and that's so terrible which we it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. really strong. It's a thing. And nobody really talks about it in Black Suburbia. And White Suburbia. Lord. Nobody really talks about it. But and like, it's like... Yeah. And it's... It, like, you struggle with it. I mean, like, part of finding uh, my community came from um, being part of dance or acting things in African-American communities. And that's kind of how I got that saved my life like legitimately saved my life and then when you're around all these people and stuff you come back and then you're looking like at people who don't necessarily have that support or have that you know around them and it's hard because I remember when I was struggling like that yeah and to see people still be fighting with who they are and how it's perceived it's it's it can weigh you down too. It can weigh yeah. you down. It doesn't. It it can affect you because it brings you back. <laughs> it really. It bring, it brings you back, and it makes like, your heart hurt because there's not you can't tell somebody how to be black. Obviously, again, we'll probably go into in, great detail in a different episode. But you you can't tell somebody to be black. There's so many different avenues of blackness. But uh, you know, there's. There's accepting blackness as a baseline, but you know, there's, there's right. different ways whatever to, that is to you. Yeah, whatever that is to you, but there's different ways to uh, be black. But when you see somebody just clearly not not accepting it, it's worse when they turn it into like turn themselves into like a laughing stock. Oof, that one right there. <laughs> That one right there will actually hurt your heart. It, it Which means <laughs> when they start projecting that onto other people, and we can all see it, like when we all mm. are just because I was. <laughs> we think about somebody, yes. but <laughs> yeah, we um, think about us. We're talking about, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's just like um, I think I told you one day that my white suburban traumatic experiences build character mm. and I think I stand by that no I know I stand by it because even when it's like situations like that with the when you when they project sometimes onto other people it it makes me like you said earlier I never am upset with them or I'm never like Vil- vilifying them because 
they're a product of what they've been surrounded by and you really are forced to meet people with compassion and empathy because you had to be met with compassion and empathy and I've gained I think quicker than I might have and if I lived somewhere else a deeper understanding of my relation to my blackness and Mm. the way that the world perceives my blackness and the way that in particular white people view black people in this country um I don't know if I change that like I really (laughs) I don't know if I'd rather been like well I just wish I didn't go through those experiences because those experiences are directly linked to my understanding of who I am today now the road could have been much (laughs) like smoother smoother. yeah um but you know you take it with you take it all as it comes at least that's how I'm choosing to view it for my own sanity I agree I do agree it it I already know that in the world at large, I'm going to be a, a black face in a white space. Like I, I'm already, I'm very aware of that. So I guess this is like round one <laughs> in my formative years. I'll, I'll take it. You know, I had, I had to learn somehow. It was gonna happen somehow. I was gonna have to deal with somebody being racially insensitive sometime. Um, and I, I, I think I'm, I know how to handle these situations a bit better now what I yeah what I have preferred not to deal with this when I was like eight for sure for sure um but at this point I've I've learned well on that note on that note (laughs) you want to take us out yes thank you all for listening um so happy that y'all are here (laughs) we are immensely grateful um, please check out our other episodes when they premiere. Yeah, thank you guys.